the city I want to live in, the house we're going to buy. You know, major decisions like that. That's when we really want to know God's plan for us. And um, as we talked about last week, uh, that really isn't high on God's agenda for us. You know, that, that he would sort of be our consultant, you know, our, our divine consultant. That we would, in, in times when we have significant decisions, that we say, hey, God, can you help me out here? You know, and give me some guidance on this particular decision. I'm sure that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing, but that's not the heart of God for us. And as we talked last week, this whole purpose of uh, the whole desire here when we ask God's will in the midst of those decisions isn't that we, get, we download some good information, uh, but that we're in a process of seeking God so that He transforms our heart. That He transforms our heart to be in alignment with His heart. You know, that, that he so changes our wants, he so changes our desires, so that what we want is in alignment with what God wants. That's what God's about in, in these times of, of decisions. Both individually in our own lives with all those different kind of decisions that we face, or corporately, you know, as, as a church, as we're in a process of discernment about which denominational affiliation best enables us to fulfill God's mission. Now that, the, the decision is very important and very significant, but what's more important is the process in which we engage God together and the way that through this decision, God continues to form us to being more and more like Jesus. That's... I believe that God leverages these times when we are awakened because there are significant decisions in our lives. I think He leverages those times. Oh, now they're awake. Now they'll they'll listen. Now now their spirit is prepared and ready. So here, let's now take this opportunity to really do what's eternal and continue to form them into the character of Christ. That's what is happening in us, corporately and individually, as we seek God's leading in our decisions. It begs the question, you know, is it even possible to hear from God? I mean, is it, is it possible to, to know God's bidding? Is it, is it possible for God to speak to us? Is it possible for us to hear from God? And I think the scriptures throughout have a resounding yes. Over and over again, individuals and groups gather and they they hear, they're led by the Spirit of God. And in our passage today, we'll hear from Jesus as he speaks to uh, uh, his followers. Uh, The folks have been following him. Jesus, he's already died, he's been raised, he's been hanging out with them for about 40 days and now he's about to ascend and so he's leaving them some final words um, with them. And no, th- this is before he dies. Th- this is his, uh, that was last Sunday that it was after. Th- this Sunday is before he dies. And it's right before he dies. And he's giving them the final comments then. So that they know that when he dies, that he, they will have someone with them. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the, the third member of the Trinity. 
that we understand with the church throughout the ages, and as we're going to say in just a little bit, um, we'll say the Apostles' Creed, and uh, in that it's based on the, the triune understanding of the, the mystery of the triune God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet one God. And we will affirm that with the church throughout the ages when we say the Apostles' Creed together in, in a little bit. Uh, and something that we see throughout uh, the New Testament. That God, God's character, the mystery of, of, of God as three in one. And the Holy Spirit being the, the third member of the Trinity. And what Jesus is going to tell us that in a little bit, he's going to die, he's going to come back, and then he's going to go for good. But the Holy Spirit will be among us, in us, abiding in each one of us. So our passage is in John chapter 14, uh, starting with verse 15. It's found on page 877 in your pew Bible. I invite you to turn there or follow along on the screen. Let's uh, hear the word of the Lord. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That you have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Carry it to the very depths of our souls that we might hear from you. We might hear from you in a way that, that we then act according to the very character of Jesus, according to your will, according to your plan. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so how do we hear from God? How does that happen? How does that, that work? Well, it, it works because the Holy Spirit lives within us. As Jesus is, is saying here in our, in our passage, verse 15 and 16, he says that he's going, but the Father will send another, and that other will live in you forever. He will abide with you. He will be in you. The, the, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit then that lives in us. The very presence of God. So, you know, we, we, we talk about the, the presence of God and there's a, a, a sense in which God is present wherever we are. 
whenever it is and however we feel. If we are in Christ Jesus, then the Spirit lives within us. And so we can't go anywhere that the Spirit is not with us. The Spirit will not abandon us if we are in Christ. Now, we may be totally unaware of the Spirit's presence. Uh, We may just be too busy, too worried, uh, um, just uh, caught up in other things that we just sort of ignore the, the Spirit. There may be other times that we're running from the Spirit. We don't want to hear what the Spirit has to say. But often I find it's, you know, that we're just caught up in all this going on and we just forget. You know, it's like in the morning if I cut myself uh, shaving, you know, and I get a piece of tissue and put it on there, you know, a little big white thing and then a red dot in there, you know, and I run out of the house, get in the car and come to work and, you know, and everybody looks at me funny, you know, and finally you make it into the bathroom after about an hour and you still got this white thing on your face. It's been with you the whole time. Everybody else has seen it, but you've totally forgotten about it. Make you look like an idiot. That's, uh, we might be the same way with the Holy Spirit who is within us. Theologians uh, that focus on the Holy Spirit call the Holy Spirit at times the shy member of the Trinity. That as the Apostle Paul uh, tells the church, there are ways that we can sort of ignore the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit. Quench is in a sense of put Him out. You know, like you quench a, a thirst where you get, sort of get rid of the, the thirst you know, that, for a time. That's uh, similar to the Holy Spirit. Not that we satisfy the Spirit, but that we sort of put Him out of our mind. We place Him away. We can choose to ignore what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And we've had those experiences where, you know, we we walk by someone that we we feel this nudge, we we should say something, we should help them, and you know, and then we're long gone. Yeah, and we we recognize and we look back at a a word we should have said or an act of kindness or maybe a word we didn't say or that we shouldn't have said. the, The Spirit was nudging us at the time, but we decided to sidestep. But that the Holy Spirit is within us, guiding us and leading us wherever we go. And that He abides with us forever, Jesus says. And that's a key word, especially to the folks Jesus was hanging with, because the work of the Holy Spirit was, was evident in the, the days of the Old Testament as well. It's just that the Holy Spirit would come and go. And the Holy Spirit like, would come upon uh, folks that were like the craftsmen that built the temple. And we're told that the Holy Spirit came upon them for a season as they organized and developed and built the temple of God. And then the Holy Spirit left them. But it came upon for that project at a time. Whereas in the New Testament, in the days after Jesus, in the days of the age of the Spirit, the age of the church, anyone who is in Christ Jesus, then the Holy Spirit resides in them. It is a gift of the Spirit. And that Spirit's doing all kinds of things within us. One of them is speaking to us of the things of Jesus, reminding us of the things of God, and leading us into God's plan and will for us. His ultimate purpose is to lead us into a a Jesus-ordered life, a a Jesus-formed life, a Jesus-driven life even. That the steering wheel of our lives would be in the hands of Christ. 
just uh, after the, the, the passage that we read in John 14, this is the next verse, uh, John says this, or is Jesus saying this? But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. So he, the, the work, the purpose of the Spirit is to draw us, lead us, direct us into the ways of Jesus. The, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians says this, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. So, so remember this, the Spirit is here to lead us and guide us, to give us guidance in the decisions that are before us, but His goal isn't that we make the decisions that make us the most money, or that bring us necessarily the most comfort, or that necessarily result in the most peace. The decisions that He will lead us into are those that will make us more and more according to the character of Jesus. That's how He will lead us. That's why it takes, before we say, hey, God, give us that wisdom and insight, that it takes us recognizing and softening our heart and soul because God's at work continuing to form it and change it. Well, then how does the Spirit speak to us? I, I want to just focus on one way um, today, and it's rather common. It might even be a, a cliche even um, to you. Um, but the way that the Spirit speaks to us today is through God's written Word, through the Bible. We, we understand the Bible to be the, the product of the, the Spirit of God's inspiration in, in all those that, that wrote it. And with the purpose of training and leading us, instructing us, guiding us, preparing us, equipping us for every good work that God has for us. That's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's, it's one of the very gifts of God that the Spirit is within us to help us understand. Not to understand it so that we can explain it or, or understand all the things about it, but so that we can understand it as to how it applies in our lives as we seek to follow the way of Jesus. And it makes sense. If, if we really want to know God's will, then we will read God's Word. There's just a, not a lot of fluff around that. If we want to know God's will, then we will read God's word. And sometimes we can get really lost in, in knowing the specific answer to a question and forget that point. You know, it's like, you know, in one, one way, you know, one of the big decisions, okay, is this the, who is the person that you want me to marry God? That's the wisdom that I want. You know, maybe the better question to ask is not, who's the one you want me to marry, but how am I going to be the best spouse I can be? What's your will on that? Maybe that's the question God wants to answer instead of the other one. Well, I got a few amens on that one. Huh. Huh. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're amening for yourself or the one next to you. There were a few amens and elbows at the same time. The 
the Spirit of God speaks through the written Word of God. And that's the way that God has designed. It's the way God has chosen to reveal to us in the most general, in the clearest way for all of us. And, and, and in a very real way, there's a sense in which you know, God, listen, here, here's, here's my will that's to you. you know? So go do this and those specific questions. Well, after you got this down, then come talk to me. He doesn't do that by God's grace. But he does lead us. But that is his ultimate desire and purpose to continue to transform us into the character of Christ. Now, the, the, the key point, well, another key point of our passage today is then that once we, we know that God's will, we've, we've read God's word, we've, we've, we've studied God's word together, and, we, and we, we are knowing what God's will is, well, then we do it. And, and if you don't do it, then the rest is sort of null and void. It just doesn't count. It, it, you know, it just, it's like finishing three quarters of a race. You, know, you didn't finish. You know, there's no ending time. You know, it, just, it doesn't matter how long it takes, but you just didn't finish. So therefore, it's incomplete. But in our passage, this, and, and this leads to, in a very significant way, how the Spirit speaks to us. How we hear God is by doing God's will. This isn't just a cognitive thing. This isn't just a thing in our head. This is a whole body experience. Well, we've already read verse 21. Um, They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. See that? How, How as we hear and obey, we get more of Jesus. He reveals himself more to us. And they, um, and they said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. As we hear, as we obey, then, then the, the father lives in us more and more. Now, let's, let's just talk about this passage for a little bit. You could read this at first reading and say, you know, is this sort of works righteousness? Is, this, is he saying, if you obey me, then I'll let you in on a secret? You know, if you, you do what I want you to do, well, then I'll give you the good stuff. You know, it, it's sort of like, eat your vegetables, and then you can have dessert. Is, is it sort of that reward kind of state? I don't think so. I think it's more of a, a picture, is this, is, it's more like if you eat well, you'll be healthy. It's not so much a reward of obedience, but the result of obedience. That as we do what the Spirit leads us to do through the words of the Scriptures, then we experience the wisdom of God. It leads to a deepening trust. It leads to, to training our souls into what the, the desires of God are. Uh, hang with me. Hang with me on this. Uh, uh, one example. Uh, and this was a, a couple a couple years ago that, that came to me for wanting to get married here. You know, it was marriage, uh, premarital counseling. And, and these days, um, when I... And this might uh, dissuade some of you from coming to me for marriage counseling. But my, my first question these days is, are you living together? And more, I'd say, 75% of the time, the answer is Yes. And so then my response, all right, well, this is the first thing I think you need to do. I think you need to stop living together, and you need to experience a sexual fast f- until you're married. 
Now, it's real important, you know what fast means. It's not fast sex. It's sexual fast. I want to avoid confusion. <clears throat> well, when I told the couple that, they weren't laughing. Matter of fact, they didn't say anything. Matter of fact, you should have seen him. I mean, eyes were popping out of his head. And he didn't have to say a thing because his face said it all. But I, I told them, listen, this is what I believe is God's wisdom as I've read and studied his word. This is the order that God would have for us, that, that we would grow in him. We would fall in love with another, and then we would get married, and then we would move in together, and then we would have children together, and we would stay together till death do us part. And that's what I'm interested in and want to be a part of. Now, God's got a grace and mercy, and you, you've chosen to, to do it another way up till now. That's, you know, God can forgive, can return the year the locusts have eaten. He can make it right. But we've got to start now. I mean, this is what we know, God's Word. You want to live into God's wisdom. You, you want, you want to, to, to hear God's guidance. Well, then what the God is saying is experiencing His wisdom. The discerning His wisdom means living in what you know right now. And that's what this is. Six months later, uh, the, the last meeting we had as a couple before um, the wedding ceremony. Uh, towards the end of our time, we um, started talking, and the, the groom said to me, you know, I just want to say thank you for your words of, of direction about us moving out. And because I realize now how wise that was. And I said, yeah, you know, God's sort of wise. Uh, and and you're, I, I've experienced the same thing as you, as you did. Yeah, the, the, the wisdom of God. And he went on to say, you know, because, you know, we got to focus on the, some of the other more important things, significant things in our lives, like how are we going to handle money together? You know, that actually is the number one thing that couples lie about to one another. You know that? In survey after survey, couples will be honest about having an affair before they'll be honest about spending money behind the back of their spouse. Uh, and he was right. You know, I mean, we, we had to sit down and say, wait a minute, how are we going to do this money? How, how are we going to share the responsibilities of the home? How are we going to uh, best, what's our goals in terms of job and kids? And those kind of significant decisions as well, which, especially when you're newlyweds or you're living together, sex is a powerful force. It's a wonderful gift of God, like fire. It's a wonderful gift of God in the right spot. Outside of the spot, like fire, it causes destruction. And, and that couple was realizing, mm, you know, we were down a path just sort of ignoring these other important things because of the power of sex in our lives and the convenience of living together. And he just said, yeah, that was God's wisdom in our lives. So it wasn't that, in, in a sense, there was this sense of, of God holding back the blessing until they obeyed. But he's saying, listen, here is the blessing. If you obey, I am in this way of life. 
And when they walked into it, they experienced the blessing of following the wisdom of God. Now, I want to say that in a day knowing that that's not the common way, the order that people do it in in life these days, in terms of the order that I just put out. Matter of fact, I was with some uh, teenage friends the other day and was talking about this, and they said, really? That's the order? I mean, I thought the order was you live together first, you know, so you got to know each other, you know, that sort of common thought. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, every study I've read says if you live together before you get married, you're more likely to get divorced than if you don't. So, having said that, I I realize that means there are probably some in here who that wasn't the order you followed. Well, nothing you can do about going back and making that order right or wrong. It's why we gather every time and have prayer of confession because the, the blood of Christ is greater than our sin. No matter how great, how, how deep. And, and we celebrate that. But what we do know is today. How do we follow Jesus today and live in to the wisdom of God? So, some other things then as. <clears throat> As we live in the wisdom of God, as we obey God's wisdom today, as we obey His word today, we do the will that we know He has said to us clearly. Not only does it, we experience His wisdom, but we also grow in trust, just like that couple did. They grow, they grow in trust because they say, gosh, you know, we followed God and look how God's wisdom leads to the fullness of life. Look how that is meant for us as a couple. And so it, it develops trust within them. And as they, as we read the word together and they led it out, it not only developed trust, but it also helped practice, train and form the ears of their heart, the ears of their will to know what God would, would lead and direct. What is the way of Jesus? What is the way of love, the way of righteousness, the way of forgiveness, the way of goodness, the way of peace? The, the, the way of beauty, what are those ways? It trains our ears because one thing that God the Holy Spirit is, is consistent. And so as you are hearing and reading here, we're all sharing together what the Spirit reveals to us, of God here, what He reveals to us in our specific situation, in our specific decisions, will be consistent with the character and nature of Jesus that the Spirit has revealed to us through His Word. So it helps develop that experience. That ex- we experience that wisdom. It helps develop that trust and helps us practice in hearing God's Spirit speak to us so that when we get in the noise and the chaos of our daily lives, we're, we're better trained. Our, the ear of our soul is better trained to hear the leading of the Spirit so that we might follow it. Um, I... I uh, want uh, the Sunday morning service team folks to distribute the card that uh, um, I gave to y'all to give to the group. And I had, oh, here we go. And uh, these cards have a couple things on them. Uh, One in the middle, there are a couple passages that that tell us, you know, great examples, particularly from Paul, of saying this is God's will. You want to know God's will? You're asking for God's will? Well, here it is. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's from Paul's letter to the church in uh, Thessalonia. In chapter 5. Or there. I mean, that's part of the will. So this, this gives you a couple things that just highlight what is God's will that we're wanting to know and to, to hear. 
It tells us uh, one that uh, related to in terms of the example. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, which means you, you, you become um, uh, more like Christ. That you abstain from fornication. Fornication means you have sex with somebody that's not your spouse. That each one of you know how to control your own body in holiness and honor. Yeah, it's like you don't have to pray about that. You don't have to discern anything. That's God's will. And so it gives a, a couple of those and just to align our heart with God's heart. Also included on this, the, the prayer that I shared with you last week. Just a simple cry to God. Yeah, you know, nothing magic about these words. You can make them more beautiful and poetic if you want. Um, I'm sure God would appreciate it. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's just simply we would come to God, you know, change my heart so that I want to follow you and your plan above all else. And change us so that we want to follow your plan and will be tempted by no other. You know, put this some, somewhere this week, so that this, this week, you know, last week I said spend just 10 minutes just being, listening to God and praying this particular prayer. And if statistics prove right, about 15 of you did that. But that's just how it works. You know, if you got a group of people and you hear somebody say something, then about a little less than um, 10% will do it. But if you put something in their hands, then that more than doubles it. So, see, the teachers in the crowd are proud of me now. I'm, <clears throat> I'm moving, moving on. And, and you put this somewhere, well, it just will remind you. You know, this week, every day, spend 10 minutes. Spend 10 minutes praying this prayer, being with God. Spend five of the minutes doing that, and then five of the minutes reading the Word. And if you already have a habit of reading the Scripture daily, you got to, great. Just keep, keep doing that. If you don't, you have to have it you lost, a habit you never picked up, one of those things you meant to do a long time ago. Hey, that's all right. Yesterday was yesterday. Start today. Start with John. Read the Gospel of John. Then if you finish that, go to Luke. If you finish that, go to Acts. And if you finish that, come and talk to me. And we'll uh, say, let's, let's go, go to the next. Uh, what's another thing uh, um, to read? And, and actually, and we've got a number of great classes in the middle hour right now that are about the Bible, that are Bible studies or about the Bible, take advantage of those because that is indeed the way that God um, speaks to us in the, the clearest um, form. And in just a couple of weeks, Lent will start, which is that season in the church where we prepare for Easter. And during the season of Lent, what we're going to walk through are the teachings of Jesus. Just walk through the, some of the basic teachings of Jesus in, in the Gospels. So, um, this week, take uh, 10 minutes a day. Use this as a little bit of your prayer guide. Jump into John if you haven't already. To put yourself in a place of believing and trusting that the Spirit lives in you. That the Scripture is God's written word. And that He, more than you, wants you and me to hear it, understand it, and obey it. So that we might live according to His will according to his good and perfect plan. Amen. Now we uh, have a special time of continuing our celebration. Um, almost, it's almost time, but not quite yet. Con continuing our, our, our celebration... Um, with a, 
a baby dedication, one where we, we dedicate a child who's, who's one of ours um, to the, the way of the Spirit, um, a, to live according to the Word of God, and that we promise to be a community along with the, the parents of, of nurturing and caring L'Oreal, um, nurturing L'Oreal in the ways of Jesus, uh, in, in what we say and what we do and what we model and in what, what we teach. So I'm going to 